This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast. 200th episode. Uh, wish it was a little, little happier than... What's currently going on? We know what happened in this series against the Blue Jays. Of course, as always, me and James are going to talk with you guys through it. Special 200 episode. We're going to do another estimate, give some stuff away for you guys. If you guess it right, because I know you guys really enjoyed the Alonzo giveaway for when he hit the home run, which he did in game three. Going to talk about everything. I'm currently in Burlington, North Carolina. So for those of you at home, if you're watching the video, the quality for my mic or my, my camera is not particularly great. I'm in the locker room getting ready to play the Burlington Sock Puppets in a game for charity a little bit later tonight. So there might be people running in and out. It, it could get crazy in here. We'll see how it goes. James is still in New York. Let's go ahead and hop into the intro here, guys. If you like what you're listening to, want to see more, follow us on all our social media at MetsDup, M-E-T-S-D-U-P, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube version, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel and subscribe. And if you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download and subscribe. James, how's, how's New York? Because let me tell you, it's been cloudy and like 65 here, but it is hot as hell somehow. It's cloudy and 65 here too, but really light. North Carolina, I've spent some time in North Carolina. It's that sticky weather. It's always just sticky. I don't I don't love it's sticky. So I like muggy. human, but I don't like sticky. So, so sticky, so muggy. We just took infield for about 15, 20 minutes. I'm playing second base. There's not a whole lot of running going on there. A couple couple double plays. I mean, boys looking smooth in the field, but it is uh it is definitely a little bit hot. Foolish baseball cameo, by the way. Foolish baseball walking through the background. That's what we're going to get here. It's going to be a little bit hectic on my side. But yeah, let's talk about these games as much as maybe we are trying to avoid it. But uh, we do have to talk about it, get started with game one. We were at the ballpark that day. We got there early watching BP on the field. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but unfortunately, the bats just didn't really show up. And it was kind of just like one or two pitches that really cost the team the game. But yeah, I mean, you got to swing the bats better. Definitely got to swing the bats better. Also, if you guys think I talk fast and you're listening to this episode with Mark, this is leg- legendarily fast talking right now, trying to burn Dude. through. No, but here's the other thing, too. I'm like still a little out of breath and sweaty. So I think my heart rate is just up right now of like, I'm, I'm juiced. We got, I got a baseball game in two hours. I get this feeling once a year. So I'm, I'm amped and ready to go. Yeah, but Friday night was a nice day at the ballpark, even before the baseball. Cause it was um, ALS day just around baseball. A lot of people were giving... A lot of shout outs, a lot of pubs to Sarah Langs, who's like one of the best yep. people in baseball media, talented, talented, talented statistician, who has been uh, battling ALS now for about a little over a year. Got to know Sarah during a pitcherless event in the off season. She's just one of the nicest, kindest, like smartest, most amazing people in baseball apart, just I've ever even met. And she was on the field, her boyfriend threw out the first pitch. Eduardo Escobar had to also jump up and like save her from, uh, what's, what's the YouTube guy's name through the other first pitch? Danny Duncan, Danny Duncan, who I apparently big leagued. I was, I was yeah, apparently, you, apparently you snubbed him and he has millions of followers, <laughs> but yeah, good job on the snub. But Roy Escobar had to really like sky to save the first pitch, get in front of Sarah Langs and grab that ball. But cool moment. A lot of people in the ballpark, especially work for the team, were wearing light blue. Really wish I had realized I wore light blue at the ballpark, but wearing it now in the episode. And uh, just also wearing Sarah Langs shirt. Baseball is the best where the proceeds go to ALS research. But that was everything cool that happened before the game. And then on the field, 
first of all, hour and a half rain delay. One of the first rain delays we've even experienced at City Field in a while because the new regime has been so good with knowing when the rain's coming and just saying, yeah, we'll, we'll play the game another time. Don't even waste your time coming to the ballpark. But only hour and a half rain delay after a crazy storm that came out of nowhere. Almost nobody left. I think only two people left the entire rain delay, and it was a father and his son who were standing next to us waiting it out in the outfield. <laughs> I don't think he really wanted to be at the ballpark that bad. He might be listening to this, though, so he'll hear us talking about it because he was like, ah, let's get out of here. And then, like, three minutes later, they announced the game was about to start. But completely packed house on Friday night. DJ, fireworks, Blue Jays, Verlander. A lot of things working together there. And shout out to the crowd for sticking through the weather. Yeah, it was, like, playoff atmosphere for sure. It was electric. The The house was absolutely packed, like you said. Uh, it was just, it was a really, really good atmosphere. Would have been great, obviously, if the bats could have showed up a little bit more. And, like, I mean, talking about Verlander on the mound, I know he gave up that that first inning home run to uh, George Springer. But otherwise, I mean, he played phenomenal. He pitched phenomenal. That's exactly what we want out of Justin Verlander. I know he was a little bit upset with his pitch count being as high as it was with not as many innings. Like, he was like, I need to be better. I shouldn't be throwing that many pitches through six. But uh, he pitched really well. I mean, he battled. It was a very gritty performance that, Kept us in the game. Kept us very much in this game. And it's tough Blue Jays lineup. You can't really fault him for having a little some long at-bats and battles against guys like Vlad Guerrero, Bo Bichette, George Springer after the home run. Like And George Springer, we look back after, doesn't he? He crushes Justin Verlander as well, which is pretty interesting. Just one guy who has his number. But the real issue of this game was just the offense. We absolutely could not touch Chris Bassett. We know how much Chris Bassett loves like just regular season games, May, June, July, this guy's in his peak there. And he had an amazing game. Got to give him a shout out. A lot on his mind. His yeah. wife was in labor during the game. So give him credit there for waiting through a rain delay, then going deep and then waiting in the dugout to watch to watch the, that inning go through. And I mean, we know Chris Bassett well. We talked about Mad Nauseam last year. He, had, he was one of the most important members of the Mets team. Got through eight different pitches in the game on Friday night. Eight different pitches. Four-seamer, a sinker, a cutter, a splitter, a sweeper, a curveball, I, I know, I'm now blanking on the last few. I'm going to pull it so up. Did, did he just maybe throw a slider or a changeup in there? Oh, I think slider and changeup, yeah. Yeah, John was working the scoreboard as always. And one of the stats, like when they do like the pitch usage for the guys when they come into the game, they're like, Bassett's got too many pitches. It won't fit on this graphic. Like, sorry. He just he throws everything. Imagine a pitch. Chris Bassett throws it. We know that. Yeah, we do know that. And that's just the kind of pitcher he is. Like, he's, he's going he's gonna to just pitch well. and He's going to do it. And the whole game really spun when we had a bit of a rally starting in the third inning where yeah. Canna got on, stole a bag, Alvarez legged out an infield single. And then we had the top of the order, first and third, nobody out, only down one nothing. And Nimmo popped up on the first pitch when Dora struck out and which was probably his worst collection of days as, an, as a Met since he came here a couple years ago. And then McNeil popped up. Both those pop-ups, Nimmo and McNeil, were on the first pitch of their at-bats. And it was like, oh, man. And the second that happened, the air kind of got let out a little bit. It came back. When Justin Verlander got through his trouble in the sixth and like, you know, we had a really good, like big fist pump, got got through a tough inning, but they didn't really even really have another chance besides that one little rat mini rally in the third inning, and that was it. Me and you have talked about this before on the podcast. Like whenever they get these chances early and don't don't like you just gotta scratch one across there when you have first and third, nobody out. Like literally a double play gets the job done. Like there's so many different ways to get that run in, and by not doing so, it makes the game feel completely different. And we we know, like every time that happens, you're like, ah. We're doomed. Like this, that's never a good sign when they can't get that run in early with the opportunities. And like you said, you tip your cap a little bit to Chris Bassett too. He did pitch a good game. Definitely had our number. I don't know what it was or why or how, but he was pitching at a different level. And the bats just, like you said, it didn't show up. We had a, a rough weekend with the bats a little bit for the Mets. Hopefully, turned it around. Uh, just you know, disappointing. Disappointing because it was a very, very winnable game and a game that could have easily been won. Maybe should have been won. I don't know how you know you guys feel at home, but. 
to not get a run, it, it makes it almost, it actually makes it impossible to win a game when you don't score a run. No, it's quite literally impossible. I don't think there's been a tie in baseball in probably about 80 years, and this was not going to be the first time that was happening since. Also, a guy to the bring a minute. He had a good inning Sunday, but he did give up another home run to a lefty, Adol Varsho, on Friday. He tried to get a cutter in. He didn't get in enough. That's just going to be what happens with Brigham was repertoire right now. If that cutter develops more, he's going to he could possibly be borderline unhittable, but it doesn't really have that left-handed weapon at this point, especially with that fastball being about league average velocity, even if it's a tick lower. Yeah, no, I mean, like, we always get excited when Brigham's in, but that's not the reason why we lost the game. We got not blame, Not runners. blaming Brigham, just got to talk about him. I talk about yeah. him when he's good, I got to talk about him when he's bad. Listen, that's that's what you call uh, professionalism right there. Professional Jay Jerno right there. I mean, only two base runners after, like, the, what was it, the third or fourth inning? They only got two base runners on, I think, and that's you lose those games. You lose those games when the other team just simply plays better, and you don't really play well with the bats. You don't score a run, can't win. Game one was over. Verlander looked fine, hoping to play better going into game two on Saturday. Uh, doing a little bit of traveling here. I had a nice early flight to North Carolina, the Greensboro airport. Nice little airport, empty, deserted. I love it. It's nice going into a very empty airport after being in like LaGuardia, which is just jam-packed with people and construction everywhere. Mm-hmm. Also, it's kind of, kind of fun to get out of the city. Like, I love New York. I love spending time in New York. But the second you like step anywhere outside of new york you're like oh yeah the rest of the world still does actually exist like you smell a tree or something you're like whoa it's fresh dude that was what i was about to say i was like man this air is like way less polluted than what it normally is there's a lot less carbon emission out here in north carolina but way worse quality cold cuts oh yeah they don't they don't really mess with boar's head anywhere outside the tri-state area which is just it's on mile. you gotta eat boar's head i didn't no no free plugs no free plugs but of course we are talking about North Carolina. Of course, uh, game two was the Hall of Fame inductions. Al Leiter, Howie Rose, Gary Cohen, and Howard Johnson getting into the Mets Hall of Fame. Obviously, they had the great ceremonies on the field. Vito, I believe, was in the commercial as well for the, the Hall of Fame induction thing, which great little cameo by, by Vito. Good little screenshot we got sent. Looking great in the construction uniform, Vito. I know you're listening. Good job. Yeah, shout out Blue Collar Vito. That was a pretty hilarious moment just to see him on there being stolen valor. But I think he, I think he's going to chime in. Yeah, I actually didn't know what that was for uh, until it played. I think two days before I found out what it was for. I, I was scared about stolen valor for a second. But, you know, I'm an actor. I am a thespian at the end of the day. And uh, one thing I wanted to share with you guys, I don't know if you noticed. the uh, I Well, you weren't there, but I ran onto the field to help grab chairs to pull off the field. Let's go. And I will say I have never felt the adrenaline I've felt in my life as sprinting across the field to center to grab those chairs in front of a like packed crowd. It was insane. Dude, there's like four or five hundred people here and I'm getting amped. I couldn't imagine doing it in like New York City in a sold out stadium with 40,000 people like 400, 500 gets me amped. It was nuts, dude. And like as like the like the lights were on and like, you know, like. Obviously, it's not a night game, but, like, the clouds were a little – like, the clouds were out there, so, like, you felt it all. It was insane. Like, I can't get over it. But, yes, thank you for noticing my my delightful cameo in the uh, in the Alighter and Hojo portion of the Hall of Fame ceremony. <laughs> yes, 100%. It was also cool to see Gary talk about, like, just his journey as, like, a kid being a Met, like, grow, or being a Mets fan growing up in Queens. Really cool to just him be able to kind of, like, give that appreciation back to the fans because – we listen to him every single night. We get to, you know, hear his opinions. We get to hear him talk about the Mets, which is just such a such an honor as Mets fans. We're so lucky. But for him to be able to, like, give it back in a more candid way, a more, like, heartfelt way also is really cool. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Just just cool to hear his perspective in general about like the fact that he's just completely fulfilling a dream of like being a Mets fan, like doing the Mets play-by-play every single night. Just quote, when made rounds of social media, it really stuck with me. Kind of also like echoes a little bit of like what we're trying to do here a little bit, like on a long road to get to, of course, where Gary is. But I'm just a kid from Queens. I got lucky. I'm one of you, and I share this honor with all of you. That's beautiful. Yeah. Super cool. And it's also cool that he gets put in with Howie because, of course, you guys know we interviewed Howie. If you if you haven't seen that, maybe we'll drop a link somewhere on Twitter or on in the description of the podcast or the video. But we interviewed Howie, and they talk about how like they got to work together at the start, like calling these Mets games on the radio and on TV and stuff. So it's really cool that they also got to go into the Mets Hall of Fame together as two lifelong diehard Mets fans. Yeah, lifelong diehard Mets fans. And two people who just like really completely interwoven themselves like inside the Mets fabric and how we did talk about that in our interview with him like saying him and Gary have done that like successfully and there's another great quote from how just to grab one there's never been anyone not a player manager coach or executive who could possibly say they are a prouder New York Met than I am and you could put that in the books that's yeah that's gorgeous that's incredible I mean when you're when your job's professional radio like that you, this guy's eloquent with his words we know he's had some great calls in the past that was that's that's fantastic. I, I could only imagine having like a line like that coming up with something like that. Yeah, and also just the only thing that was weird about this whole presentation was that he's usually the MC, and this was the only time he was talking on us. So that was the only miss. And also, really cool that Jack Lyther wasn't supposed to be at the ceremony, and he wound up surprising his dad and catching his first pitch. That was a pretty cool moment. And then Hojo, just he was, he was kind of funny. Like, Hojo's a funny guy. Like, he's someone who I think could be a good a good podcast guest one day. Yeah, no, it'd be great to get some of those guys on, maybe talk some baseball with them, get their perspective on what's going on with the Mets to bring it now to the actual game. Um, not great. Not 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 a particularly fun one. We did get the early lead with Daniel Vogel back in that double for us, which is good to get him off the schneid a little bit. But yeah, there's not, not too much really to get excited about in this one. We had McGill on the mound, struggled a little bit. He was like throwing like 95, 96, wasn't he? But he just, the five walks against a Blue Jays team that mashes, it's really, really hard to, be successful with that kind of uh, recipe going. Yeah, I don't know. This game just this game was just such a lag. Like, I don't know. It was it was tough. This was this was a tough game. It was really tough. It was 
Vogelback did get that hit, and that was nice. Get it early. One of the few games we've scored first this year and lost, which is tough to see. Also, I did feel like seeing Viento start Friday night against Chris Bass, the right-handed pitcher, probably lit a bit of a fire under Vogelback, and you saw him come out yeah. swinging, which was which was a cool change for Vogelback. Good response from him, but then we just totally stalled against Jose Barrios, who had, had a really bad like two-plus first years with the Blue Jays, but has com- really turned a corner. Has been lights out over his last six or seven starts. Bought low in him a couple fantasy leagues. I'm pretty pretty happy about that right now. But I think we should talk about Tyler McGill in this because he had another one of those classic yeah. McGill starts from this year where it's like he's doing things well and he's missing some spots and he's just working so hard, laboring and laboring to get through these innings. Five walks and five strikeouts, in and out of trouble over and over again. Had a pickoff that saved him from a rally. Just like able to bear down, which is something so weird, like something I never talk about pitching, which is maybe a guy like McGill who I'm actually watching every fifth day and I'm seeing it. Like he does have that innate ability that he can pitch through adversity. Something that if more pitchers in the league probably had that, it like we even with like better stuff, like you'd really be something. And McGill's just gutting out these performances, starting to start again. And Toronto offense that is usually has a lot of power in it. They really couldn't get to any of that power against McGill. They had no balls in plays over 104 miles an hour, only five total hard hit balls. The hardest hit ball in play was Brandon Belt to start the sixth inning. And I bat that a lot of people are questioning whether McGill should have been out for or not, but all these games, day after day, the bullpen's been taxed. We've seen that. Talk big reason why this team even lost this game, but that was the hardest hit ball of the entire day, 103.8. And then secondaries look great. He had a front door changeup to Dalton Varshow that like snuck back in low and low and inside left uh, for the left-handed hitter that got the pitching ninja treatment. It was a great pitch. It was one of the better pitches I think I've ever seen Tyler McGill throw. The sliders looked decent too when he was placing them. Smattering of curveballs. Only one was swung at and it got a whiff. Got another call strike on two. Only five pitches. It was just it, like in terms of in terms of a five star there across the league, like this is a, this is a game that he kept you in. You you could have won it. So you, like, it's a positive start. It's not the Tyler McGill of 2021. Again, he's, I don't think he's ever going to be Jacob DeGrom unless he gets like a, some, unless he gets a, the Henry Roland Garden treatment on his arm and start throwing 10 miles an hour harder. But <laughs> like this is, it just was just a quality start for a guy who's giving useful innings to this ball club. No, 100%. I mean, like you, you wish you could cut down the, the walks and everything like that. But I, there is no doubt that he's definitely, like you said, just kind of grinding it out a little bit of a, you know, just working through it, bearing down, as you said. We also had that really tough hop to Lindor, which, I think he probably tells you who he could have made that play, but it wasn't an easy one by any means, but it does feel like we've seen Francisco Lindor make that play again. And I, not to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but you did say like he earlier, he had a tough weekend for sure. This was not one of his better weekends as a Met. Hopefully we can put it behind us. We need Lindor to definitely uh, get back to that. The ways that he was in 2022, where he was an all-star, one of the best shortstops in the league, been struggling a little bit with the bat. Definitely. Um, I don't know, maybe he's just in a little bit of a funk, but if the Mets do want to be successful, we do need guys like Lindor to get a little bit hot for us. And we, we also know Mrs. Lindor is is very pregnant. There's a baby on the way soon. We saw a few years ago, unrelated, but just something that happened. Jose Ramirez had the worst three months of his entire career in the three months while his wife was also pregnant and getting ready for that. So perhaps maybe there's just some more stress on his plate right now. He He does so many other things like for this team. It's just he there's like there's no justifying how bad he has been at the plate. This was his probably this is one of his worst stretches of his entire Mets career, his entire career in general. And it's, it's tough to watch. And yeah, he he's very contrite about it. He he knows he's playing poorly. He responded to the fact he's getting booed. He's like, I, I don't even blame them. Like I'm I'm like this I'm just staying with me. Like I gotta I gotta be better. It was just rough. And then you also just see the effects of what's going on day after day with this bullpen, this starting rotation. Still, even though we have had a good stretch of starting uh, starting pitching, it's just we probably don't really have as many high leverage 
guys as we'd like to in this bullpen right now. And Adovino came in, pitched a really clean first inning. Then he tried to get a second inning out of him, got into trouble. Robertson came in, got him out of the jam. Robertson comes on to pitch his second inning. Robertson gives up the double to Vlad down the line. That's how you lose the game. Robertson's been impenetrable this year. He's been one of the best relievers in baseball. He's been a, a gladiator. So giving up a double to one of the best hitters in baseball in his second inning of work, you can't really chastise him for that, but it just sucks to see like this over and over again, compounding, 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 get worse, and that's how it ends. Yeah, I was intrigued that uh, we didn't like uh, guard the line on the double with Vlad Guerrero right down the line which I feel like normally happens, but I don't know. I'm sure they have the scouting reports on these guys and where they're going to hit the ball, you know, most of the time. But normally, you know, you see guys guard the line. So it was interesting that Beatty was a little bit off, but I mean, at the end of the day, still got to score more runs. Still got to just, just play better as a team and everybody needs to do their job a little bit better than what we had this series. And I mean, this is what happens. This is what happens. It's baseball. I, I know you guys at home are probably getting frustrated because you want to see the Mets win and getting a, a sweep after having played such good baseball is great. But if you can do one thing, you can blame John because we said John wasn't allowed to talk last episode and he did. And what do you know? They haven't won since now. Of course, I'm kidding. We like to you know make fun of John and do that with him. But yeah, I mean, just got to be a little bit better. And when you don't score runs, you have to play perfect baseball to win these games. And this is what happens. One little thing doesn't go your way, a couple little things, and it's, you just can't do it. And if you look at all three of these games, we're about to do the game three breakdown uh, quickly, but you lose all these games close. 3 nothing, 2-1, 6-4. Like, these aren't – we didn't get bum rush. We didn't get pants in any of these games. No. This, easy, this easily could have gone the other way, this series. If the Mets, if Mets wind up scoring, like, two runs in that third inning against Bassett, there's a better chance than not they probably win that game on Friday. If they find – it's just – you don't know how these games are going to go. When you lose three close games, it hurts, especially when there's, like, a very obvious thing. Like, oh, this team didn't really hit. Like, that's probably why we lost these games. Yeah. That makes it hurt a lot more, but it's it isn't like this is awful baseball. This isn't like this unwinnable baseball. Like it felt like about a month ago, and like that's just yes. kind of it. Now to move on to game three, you kind of felt that again because this was going to be Kodai Sanga's first start of his major league baseball career on normal rest. We know the major league baseball USA schedule is on a five day schedule. Japan they do a six day schedule, so this was four days of rest, pitching on his fifth day, and you just felt immediately like it just it just wasn't there, especially coming off his best start of his career. His velocity was down. His command was not good. Five walks in two and two-thirds innings. He really spiked a few goes forks. Threw right about 50 feet that Francisco Alvarez made a nice block on. He couldn't get the edges when he needed it. He couldn't stay ahead of any hitters. It was a struggle, and it just, it just really wasn't good. It wasn't good, and I yeah. this it could be something that maybe makes them think differently about what his rest is like going forward. Yeah, between hitting my bombs during BP uh, on the field, I was getting in some of the uh, you know some of the game on MLB TV because I can actually watch it because I'm in North Carolina, not blacked out, so I can watch the Mets. But man, I mean, Senga looked uncomfortable from the start. Just didn't look as sharp or as good as he had been in the past. Like you said, the offense did show up a little bit here, though. Your boy, your boy, you got to give a shout out to Big Time Tommy because Tommy Fam had quite the game today in the leadoff spot. I know. A lot of people were talking about the lineup uh, that went out before the game, but Tommy Pham in the leadoff spot did did show up today. Tommy Pham has the uh, second highest OPS on the Mets. Oh, huh. Yeah. So, I mean, him in the leadoff spot, especially as a guy who hits the ball hard every single game, really isn't that crazy. Also a guy who gets on base a lot. I, it probably wouldn't have been my choice, but it did make some sense that he was just hitting leadoff. Like, it's not it's not yeah. crazy. And, and he cashed in with with two home runs and they're both smoked. They had another hard hit ball as well. And I'm like, play hit ball and play. They didn't get a hit on. Like you could, you could point to problems about this team this year, but I definitely don't think Tommy Pham is one of them right now. Like he really isn't, especially as a fourth outfielder coming in who can play a few days a week, pinch hit, get on base, hit for power and play. Okay. Defense with some speed. Like 
That's a very okay baseball player. And that's exactly what me and Mike Petriello said going into the season. Yeah, it was, it's just, it's another one of these frustrating games. It just felt like a very frustrating series of just like, oh, so close, so close. Like we, we relatively got to Kikuchi. Also shout John for giving us stats even while we're on Zoom. Kikuchi and Senga last faced off in Japan, August of 2018, which is a pretty little cool one. And the Tommy Pham stat of 45% of his hits are extra base hits, extra base hit machine. That's the old school way. I actually think that's the opposite of the old school way. That feels very new school. New school for life. <laughs> MS for life. <laughs> Okay, I, I posted the Big Time Tommy thing on Twitter too. I don't think anyone even under, understood that reference because it's just really an inside joke between us and we're bringing it to this podcast. But Big Time Tommy is such an electric figure. You see the cigar, like the nub of a cigar hanging out of his mouth with a cell phone playing disco music on his shoulder so it's as close to his ear as possible because we don't have the speaker. We don't have headphones in. We're, no. we're enjoying, enjoying the world. That's the old school way. But West for he's, life. He's an electric figure. I hope he brings some more popularity to him because he's just, it never stopped. And then, Another shout out for John here because Pete Alonso finally passed Lucas Duda, his 72nd home run at yeah. City Field. Shout out Noel Gold, getting it nail on the head. Two people did actually get it right, but we did say in the contest that the first to get it right was going to be the recipient of the prize. We're going to hit up who, uh, the person who got secondly too, but shout out Noel Gold. She was even at the, at the ballpark on Sunday and she, she seemed very excited to win. Got to say. Pretty insane, by the way, to guess how many pitches exactly right, especially like when it's not like game one, where you could say like anything from like one to 10 to guess 32 and hit it right on the head. Pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, not going to vouch for anything, but you should be trying your luck today. I mean, it might be your day. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Noel. It was, really, it was a really good play. Also, I won the estimate, took the lead. We'll get back to that in a second. And Sawyer Marte, who's been swinging a very hot bat. I think there's yes. a good chance that we probably see him move back up in the order next week. They dropped a stat in the broadcast that he has had at least a 275 batting average for 10 straight years. Really? Yes, it's crazy. That is pretty insane. I'm like, I'm Sawyer Marte is a very good player. He had the weird start to the year, as we know. But didn't he do this last year? I'm going to look at it and look at his game logs. But I think I remember because there was someone on Twitter that was trash talking me because I love Starling Marte and I was hyping him up. But I remember Marte getting hot in the month of June. And then that's what built into him having the great year. Yeah, I'm looking at it. He didn't like hit 700 OPS until May 14th last year. So he is a bit of a statistically slow starter, especially coming off the offseason surgeries and just like a weird spring training for him. He's playing pretty well, and John said it. 854 OPS in his last 10 games and only five strikeouts. That's the number two hitter we've been dying for with uh, Starling Marte. And here I am. I didn't expect to be coming in. Good thing I wasn't doing anything weird. What's up, guys? Hey, John. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, you said it, but damn, Noel, that is that is wild. First of all, shout out to all the listeners yes. that chimed in. We had over 150, 200 tweets, whatever the number landed on when it was all said and done. Uh, to sift through and, and make sure we had all the winners. The YouTube comments had a lot as well. Moving forward, guys, we will be posting all these contests that we run on Twitter. That is the place to post your numbers. So we obviously love the YouTube comments. Tell us how much you love or hate us, whatever it is. But, especially me. Um, <laughs> but if you want to chime in in these contests, please drop them on the Twitter post and we will be able, or under the Twitter post, thank you, Vito, um, and we will be able to see. So we move on. A tough weekend, like you guys said, frustrating uh, close games, though. Close games. Um, and now you guys will do the preview, but it's on to Atlanta, um, the place where Francisco Alvarez made his major league debut last and season, Brett, which is the segue. Brett Beatty too. And Brett Beatty, that is correct. And he homered in his first at-bat. So here we go for the upcoming series estimate. James takes the lead. Um, 
Mark, we gotta rig this. Yeah, come on, I know. we gotta, we, we gotta, we, we gotta figure this out, man. <laughs> we gotta figure something out, man. Come on. <laughs> All right. So here's what we got. Um, Mark Vientos scorched a few balls in the series finale today, and I was looking, and Mark Vientos on this team, minimum 30 plate appearances because he only has 34, leads the team in average exit velocity, 96.1, almost 10 miles an hour better than the league average. Okay. He leads the team in hard hit rate. Literally two out of every three balls he's put in play at the major league level had been hard hit. And he also has the longest average fly ball distance, 365 and a half feet, which depending on which field you hit the ball to, that's a home yes. run. Uh, we know what Francisco Alvarez has done is eight home runs, uh, three game tying home runs, four of them come with men on base. And Brett Beatty also right up there, top three uh, average exit velocity amongst all Mets. So I want to know, and listeners, you guys get involved once again for another signed mystery ball. And by the way, we will say, Noel, we got a Pete Alonzo signed Ooh. baseball naturally, right? Coming your way. So that's a good one. So we're not messing around. We got the good stuff here. I want to know of the kids, the three, Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos, who will have the highest average exit velocity on a batted ball. But more importantly, what will it be? Okay. And you're going to have to nail it to win a to win a, a signed ball. So good luck to all our listeners. Um, I mean, I can't believe anyone got the last one, so nothing will surprise me. And obviously, between you two guys, go ahead, we'll tear your hands. So we have to name the player too. No, no, okay. no, no, no. That was kind of just a way to get into it. But what what will it be? Cool. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to give a visual portion of this. I'm just going to have to shout it out loud because uh, okay. there is no paper or pens in a in a clubhouse here. But I've got I've got a number I think I like in my head. If James has got his, I got mine. I, I picked a fun number. It's a little, a little stupid, but I like it. I think I think I might know what number you picked then. Okay, I mean maybe I don't know. All right, let's go for it. I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, all right, John, count it down. All right, I'll count it. Ready? Three, two, one. One hundred four point right. eight. Whoa, one eleven point one. Okay, so there's quite a difference between us. I went under, which is a very very bizarre thing. I've been doing that a lot this year. I've been the under guy, which is I'm not used to that. But I said 104.8. James had 111.1. I'm hoping you're right, James. I really hope you're right because 111.1, someone's hitting it that hard, something good's probably happening. Just needs one. Just need one. Hopefully hopefully not an unlucky app. Mark, life is way too short to be taking the unders, my friend. Uh, good luck down there. Don't get hurt. Make sure to stretch, hydrate. Those are the important I things. I got an estimate for you guys. All right. Oh, 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 the tables have turned. Seven inning game. I'm leading off, playing second base. You're leading off. I'm leading off. Of course, you got to get the wheels out there so that all the big guys like <laughs> Eric Sim and Swingman and all these other dudes can hit some home runs for me. But how? what do I hit? What do I go like in the game? Oh, for what? One for maybe? Maybe you guys believe We're, in me? Think, oh, oh, playing seven oh, innings. Seven innings. Oh, for two with a walk. I would love okay. a walk. <laughs> all right, let me ask this. How many guys are on each roster? Like, are we looking at a pinch hit possibility? Are you taking all your plate I th- appearances? I think I'm getting three plate appearances. That's what it feels like. Okay. All right. I'll say uh, I'll say one for three. If I get a, if I get a one I'll for say three, one for three. I think uh, I think I'll be freaking that, out. That would be pretty impressive. One of the kids is from the Bronx, and he said I'm throwing 95 today. So that should be terrifying. Is that cap? No, or no. Is that you, actually, happening? you can go on his perfect game profile. He throws 95, and I'm hoping he is not starting the game because I'm going to break the bat. That's important context, man. Like you have to, you have to put that before you pose the question. Now I know that you're facing 95. He's throwing one inning. He's throwing one. John, you believe in me? James is Uh-oh. James is taking the analytical you're approach. Right. I do. You're taking mm-hmm. the maybe I'll slap one over the first baseman's head if I'm late enough. 
Or you chop one and you beat it out. That counts too. Line drive in the box. Score. You've seen me run. I'm not beating anything out. Mark's being, Mark's being facetious. About That's me. right. Oh my god, <laughs> I did see you run. Is- I thought you were being a little bit cautious because there was it was street out there. You oh, didn't yeah. want to fall and. I got the spike. No, you're just slow. I got the spikes on, so we're ready to roll. Mm. Click clack. Yes, click, click clack. clack. All right, Mark. Have fun. Good luck. Thank you, John. Go get a base knock for the boys. Yes, I'll get one for the boys. Let's go ahead and talk about the Brave series here real quick. You guys know them well. They're the first or in first place in the National League East. They did lose to the A's. They lost a series to the A's. If I could say anything, you should know that series almost are irrelevant in a vacuum because the Braves are clearly better than the A's, but they lost a series to them. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. We care about this series coming up here. James, what are our pitching matchups? Pitching matchups for this series, pretty it's it's pretty like, you know, look across the line. This is a guy who you could be like a fair matchup kind of series. Carlos Carrasco versus everyone's favorite baseball savant, ERA estimator, outrunner, Bryce Elder, Tuesday yep. night. Max Scherzer versus Charlie Morton Wednesday night. And then Justin Verlander versus Spencer Strider Thursday night. Every game is seven twenty. Super Ooh. different than six forty. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be interesting. Seven. Yeah. So we're gotta another- just, they gotta be annoying. Why do they gotta be annoying and make it seven twenty? They're, they're so annoying. Late night podcasting on Thursday as well. Shout out Vito for that one. No, he's looking forward to it. But I mean, I, I'd I'd love to be the first team to to take Bryce Elder for all he's worth and send that ERA <laughs> from whatever it is, one nine to four where it belongs, but I don't know the way that, you guys, you guys, that, that that would be very Mets right now too. To not be hitting right now and take the guy who leads the league in ERA who doesn't deserve it and actually get get to him. But Carrasco in Atlanta is going to be that's going to be that's going to be something. Um, he's been pitching really well, but we know what that line can do and what that ballpark is like. Sneaky was third highest elevation of any ballpark in baseball, which is pretty funny. Third, we're also third or fourth, yeah. We're also in we're also in humid humid territory now for Atlanta. It's going to be muggy down there. I don't know. Like do you, this team, every single time we think we're out, they pull us back in. I feel like that's kind of the the vibe is go, ha, feeling going into the series right now. Also, shout out a couple of Braves, a couple of old friends. Um, everyone's everyone's favorite uh, uh, poor outfielder, Marcelo Zuna. He just hit a four hundred fifteen foot single you know, in, against off Zach Allen. Really happy just to see that guy really swing back and get good again. Only only an organization like the Braves would really wait through. <laughs> Um, legal issues and horrible baseball for two years to actually let him find his power stroke. But that got a hand to teams like the Braves. They, they put winning before anything else. Yeah, no, I mean, they're a good baseball team. Ronald Acuna Jr. is having an MVP season. Sean Murphy's having an MVP season. Orlando Arcia is a revelation at shortstop so much so that they still don't want to play Vaughn Grissom. I mean, the, the was, list goes on and on. Vaughn Grissom was never a shortstop. A lot of people didn't realize it. Luckily, us, the Messed Up Podcast, always knew that. The guy has stone hands and a bad arm. But... Uh, Michael Harris, the sophomore slump is hitting him. Eddie oh, Rosario's James. Still... I'm just saying. I'm just saying oh. it is. I, I'm saying it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. saying. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you can watch your tongue there. Keith, Keith was being very critical of him on the broadcast today. Oh, Keith. <laughs> yeah, very critical. So I'm going to be – that's all I'm going to say about him. Um, I'll be – your boy, Ozzy Albee, is your favorite. Your favorite league average player is, is swinging a decent bat this year. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr., we saw him hit the longest home run in the history of mankind at City Field <laughs> yeah. a month ago. Um, Charlie Culberson's back. So again, if you guys if you guys aren't seeing Dansby Swanson on the field during the Cubs series, we know he's secretly playing for the Braves against the Mets. We'll probably see a Kevin Pillar pinch hit opportunity. He's on that active roster right now, which is uh pretty funny. Old Travis. Yeah, their bullpen is so annoying. It's such an annoying bullpen. It's literally a bullpen full of guys I just can't stand. Like I <laughs> hate Jesse I Chavez. Loathe I hate Jesse Kirby Chavez. Yates. Loathe them. I hate Kirby Yates. Nick Anderson's pitching pretty well. Russell Glacey's been up and down since he came off the IL. 
Colin McHugh is just, he's just everything, everything I've ever hoped and dreamed for out of reliever. Mets draft yeah. pick in 2008, which is funny. Shout out one guy to keep an eye on the series. They have 19-year-old AJ Smith oh. Shaver yes. up on their active roster right now. Right-handed pitcher with a devastating slider. He also has been a little hot and cold since the call. I think it's either one appearance or two, but he's thrown less than 20 innings above above A ball. So it's pretty yeah. unbelievable to see him pitching in the major leagues right now. The Braves, we know, are very aggressive with their prospects always. And yeah, no, he's it's very it's crazy to see. Yeah. I mean, listen, let's go and win a series. Let's go and win a series, put the Braves, uh, knock them down a peg, and maybe start playing some good baseball here. Hopefully we can. We got anything else here? I'm uh I'm getting ready to watch oh, a little home run there. Oh, give me something. Misspoke. Shaver hasn't even pitched one inning yet in the major leagues. But he's still on the Braves active roster. They sent him back down AAA. What's Fangrass telling me two different things right now? I don't know. Ah, he, was, you, he was he was on the roster resource by the player page that says AAA. Whatever. Regardless, we gave you an interesting fact about a player that you'll eventually find out about. Yeah, there you go. We, what can you do here? And we know Mark Calderon. He's got the uniform on. He's getting the hat tight right now, and that's it. Let's go Melon Heads, bros versus pros out in North Carolina. We're going to get a hit today. Uh, hopefully we don't get beat too bad. We're playing seven innings. It could get very, very ugly very quickly. The boys are uh, heading back into the clubhouse here. So, James, I'm going to let you take the outro here, and I'm probably going to mute because uh, everyone's talking. But go ahead. Take it for us. Bring us home. All right, guys. That's another episode of the Mets Up podcast. If you like what you're watching, like what you're listening, make sure you follow us at Mets Up, M-E-T-S-D-U-P. You can find this on the Mets official YouTube channel. If you want to watch the video version, you can follow me on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. You can follow Mark at Giraffe Giraffe Neck Mark with a C. There you go. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. And we will catch you after the Brave series. Peace out.